Hello and welcome to another episode of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after Newcastle United 1, somehow Liverpool 2. And I've got Beryl Ackes in the Netherlands. I have Jay Reid in Liverpool. I've got Johnny Henderson in Belfast. Johnny, it's honestly like the the eleven he starts with. It's probably the eleven that we all kind of wanted, bar obviously the Kanate absence. So you're going in and you're thinking, like player for player, you know, we are well better than them. And you can say what you want about our deficiency squad wise, but we're well better than them all over the park. Maybe the only one you're taking is Gamerish is maybe the only one. Um, and that's given where we are in that area of the pitch. But there was still an, an element of anxiety going into this game because they are apparently good, but I'm still not convinced. And it was just a very weird dynamic going into the match. How were you feeling? Yeah, I, I was... I was really apprehensive about the match, to be honest. Um, just because we've we've looked really, really open, and we just, you know, the formation and the things we're trying to do, and in my opinion, and you know, people have opinions, but I just don't think they suit the players we have at the minute. I think if we acquired a certain type of player, maybe that would work. But yeah, for all the, we, we've just looked quite easy to get at. Um, we looked easy to get out against Chelsea. I think I was more concerned with the way Bournemouth really got at us. So, you know, away to them, we get the news midweek that Canadi's um, 50-50 or whatever. And obviously with this new setup, you know that that side of the pitch is, you know, has pace and sort of power are really, you know, they're massively important. So... That that was the thing, but I completely agree with you in terms of personnel. I mean, you look at the you look at the personnel of the two teams, and I agree. I mean, I suppose you know some people would say Isaac's a real quality, but you you wouldn't take Isaac. Well, I certainly wouldn't anyway. Above what we what we have, and Bruno, yeah, you know Bruno Gamarish, I think he's one we missed out on. We were strongly linked with him. You'd take him in a heartbeat. He definitely would be an upgrade. Um. In, in terms of that position in midfield, but yeah, you, you look at personnel wise, we were fine. But I was really worried about the game. Just you know, they 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 beat Villa five one. You know, they went to City. They didn't really lay a glove on City, to be honest. But they were fairly dogged. They stayed in the game. Um, so the you know that expectancy. You know, we were talking about it before the pod. They their fans were really really confident. Probably thinking. You know, we're, we're definitely going to score a few. And, you know, it wasn't a knife edge for a while. At, at, at one, it was, you know, they've had their moments. Um, and they could have put the game beyond us, but they didn't. But, yeah, it was, I, I think for me, it was, it, it, it's, it's a strange one with Newcastle. Um, and that, I don't know, I, I just think they're, they're a bit overhyped. And I still think... And I still think this against most teams in the league, including Arsenal as well, by the way. I still think City aside, and because they're just so settled in, in everything they do, I, I think you put our team up against anybody in that league. We're just, 
a little bit of unsure of ourselves at the minute with the system. And I think that's where the nerves come in. And, you know, the first half didn't uh, change anything in that regard. That's what, the way I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Jay, like, I think, as I said, that's probably, I don't know, that's probably the closest to an 11 positionally and, like, stylistically, player for player, Kanate aside, obviously, that has suited the way that we are now trying to play. Um, And people said that Newcastle were fairly comfortable and dominant and the red card actually made them worse. I actually thought we were pretty decent the first half an hour and I don't really remember them having a decent chance before the goal that literally we gift them. I will confess to missing the first 10 minutes and I feared the worst when Beto put in our WhatsApp group he's a fucking cunt. And I thought, oh shit, what have we done here? And I think it was just reference to the referee and Trent Alexander Arnold. Yeah, it was, yeah, it would have been the yellow card. Yeah, um, yeah. But I was driving and I just seen it on my watch. I was like, oh no. But then when it, when when it managed to stop, check the score, you know, nil nil, gets into the pub, missed the first 10, 12 minutes. But I thought, you know what, like it was to be expected. You know, St James's Park half four on a Sunday, they feel like they're entitled to stuff because, you know, they got some dirty cash in the back pocket and they managed to finish top four last season. But in reality, they're the top eight team at best. Um, and it was always going to be, you know, hostile. Like, you know, at, at the shoe being on the other foot and it was at Anfield half four on the Sunday, you know, Newcastle comes to town. We would have been... Yeah, well and Jay, actually, do you know what? St. James's Park is probably the closest you're going to get to Anfield in the intimidating atmosphere in England. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd maybe, yeah, in terms of level of, I, you know, probably numbers and noise. Like, I, I always think at times you probably, Palace can be a little bit rowdy, but probably not under Roy Hodgson anymore. But, you know, they, under the lights, Palace can create something. Um, and I can't think of many others. Maybe, you know, people would argue the likes of Brentford at times can be a little bit bouncy, but, you know, you, you're talking 25,000, 30,000-seater stadiums here where St. James's is 65-plus, I think, like that. So, it, it was it was always going to be on the cards. It was going to be tough, and I thought we've got to ride the first 20, 25 minutes, and, you know, the referee done his damn best to make sure that it was, you know, 11 versus 12 at times, and the decisions he made only enticed that crowd more into you know, wanting blood, really, you know, especially with Trent and the stupid yellow card that he got for actually being fouled and then, you know, you know, putting his arm on Gordon's shoulder and Gordon going down like there was a sniper in the back of the crowd putting him down, but we won't get into that. So, we, we did start playing some decent stuff. We created a few openings and, yes, the red card changed things, but looking back at the whole balance of the game as a whole, other than... You know, the world-class save from Alisson, from Almiron, and Almiron going on a run that he had no right to do from the halfway line and, and hitting the post, I think it was. They they created nothing, you know, and, and they had us on, on, on 10 men for the best part of, you know, 60 minutes or something on the clock. And they've only got themselves to blame for the outcome of the game because a decent team would have put a 10-man team to bed. We went there last season... And we actually played the opposite. They went down to 10 men and Newcastle were the better team. So we, we could have been, you know, likely to, to come on the way. And the results, unfortunately, 
sorry, fortunately for us in that situation, we managed to get two up and, and put the game and literally just, you know, kill it. But Newcastle naivety maybe at this level, if they want to be a big club, they'll they've still got a long way to go because you've got to put the big boys to bed at the opportunity that's presented to yourself, especially when you've got ten men. So, you know, we hung in there like a like a boxer would sort of in a twelve round match and we got to like the tenth, eleventh round and thought, you know what, we've got a fighter's chance here. Let's go out swinging. You know, let, let let's throw a few punches for the last round or two and, you know, we got a knockout blow. Yeah, Beryl, we do after after the red. And look, I don't really want to get into the referee because it's it's all been said. It's I was going to start to talk about it there after saying I'm not going to talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. Um, but after the red card, we are a much less kind of fluid formation. It's very much kind of four four one. I thought that Gakpo would be the one to get hooked after the red card and I was surprised when it was Diaz but once I saw kind of what we were doing afterwards it made sense that Gakpo was the one that was staying on because it was very much four four one. and you know for the next kind of 50-55 minutes like this is a performance that Mourinho would be gushing over which is very on Klopp Yeah, you know, the circumstances meant that we needed to be disciplined. So, uh, uh, and luckily, you know, maybe it's not luck, just like Klopp said, but, you know, we, we had the qualities to, to do that. Um, yeah, what else can you do? You're, you're, you're one nil down and you're one man down. So, you know, the only way you can uh, possibly get something out of the game is, is stay uh, in it as long as you can and then you know if you are in the last 10 to 15 minutes then you uh, give it your best shot and 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 try to nick a goal and uh, so th- this was the only thing that that we could do uh, th- there weren't many times that we uh, played um, with 10 men i remember the uh, the one against man city in which uh, mane got uh, got a red card for high boot um, and we, we, we and in that case we crumbled, but you know we we were playing away against Man City, so you know maybe that was uh, not uh, to be funny, Beryl, but we literally had a man sent off last week. But uh, yeah, sure, <laughs> but that was not away. That's you know, that's, uh, luckily I said that. <laughs> um, and we we were uh, one nil down at that moment. So uh, we, I I know we had a, a man down just just a week ago, which was. Um, uh, a different game uh, and um, we managed to manage that game as well uh, on, a, on a very yeah. different manner. 100%. But, uh, you know, but, but, you know, this siege mentality that we uh, needed here uh, wasn't uh, what we needed last week. But, uh, you know, maybe um, because we were so open and we had, uh, all of us had our uh, doubts about uh, how defensively sound we were a solid we uh, we were um yeah the, the expectation maybe was that we would crumble and and maybe if the uh you know uh that incredible save by Alison doesn't 
doesn't occur. He, he doesn't manage to keep it out, which, you know, it was miraculous, I would say, uh, that that save. Um, uh, and maybe then we do crumble and it becomes 2-0. And, you know, there is another pivotal moment, I would say, uh, Harvey Barnes not managing to, to cross it to uh, Callum Wilson. Um, uh, you know, and uh, if 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 he if he does it, uh, you know, he bears it. Probably it becomes two 0 and again you're gone. But uh, you need a bit of luck in 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 moments like that. But uh, I think we were very solid, very disciplined, and and that made that uh, eventually in the end we uh, uh, we deserved what we got. Yeah, that's like I think so. Um, Johnny, you know, looking back on it, um, I, I feel like there was a real. It's really strange. There was a, an element of control in our game after the red card, which is mad because we're down to ten men. It's Van Dijk's been sent off. Um, but one player I would just like to just to discuss is I think Gomez comes on and is really good. Um, I think positionally is good. Like I don't think by any stretch of the imagination he is, you know, dominant in the air. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't have to deal with a lot of situations like that. But I think he he manages. He manages Gordon well. He doesn't seem to get the same space he had before, the same opportunities he had before. Isaac's basically marked out of the game. And you're, you're looking at after the red card that, right, Jesus Christ, we've got Robertson playing as a, like a left-sided centre-half sort of thing. Trent obviously then dropped into, into, into more of a right-back position. But we've seen the, the difficulties we've had with, with a Gomez-Mata partnership before. But actually... The two of them were pretty comfortable and managed the situation admirably, I thought. Yeah, he did. He, he, he did do well. I mean, we were all probably fearing the worst. Um, because obviously, our, you know, it's very clear at the club at the minute that Canadi and Virgil are the first choice centre-backs. And you're in a position where, as Jay says, you're going to Newcastle. The crowd's buying up for it. It is one of the toughest grounds to go to at the minute. And then all of a sudden, you've got neither of them on the pitch and you've only got 10 men. Um, and he does do well. Um, he acquits himself well. I think he, he was sensible. It was actually a, a, it, it was a mature performance. Um, I think the danger, and, and I don't want to take anything away from yesterday because it was amazing the way that we, you know, to hang in there and the way we won the game, but I think if you watch it back, and I have watched it back, um, we were we were like quite poor for large parts of that game. Now I I get what you're saying about the, the first half hour. I I didn't I didn't think they were anything special, but it does take a wonder save from Allison, um, the Almiron shot. They also hit the woodwork. In the second half as well, they hit the post and they and they they, they just spurn good positions. They, they really, with a bit more sort of clinicalness, decisiveness in the final third, 
they, they would have buried us. I, I still think there was a lot wrong with how we went about uh, how we went about that game, but we sort of cut our cloth when it came to going down to ten men, and they, they didn't put us away. They, they could have. For me, they just lacked conviction. They, they were they were nervous. They were wary of, of us on the break, and Jada and, and Darwin Elliot came on, and the crowd were nervous. And <clears throat> when Botman hesitated, we got in. But but but. You've got to take like you've got to take a positives out of a of a big one like that and yeah Gomez done done really well um I I agree with you completely I thought it was Diaz coming off was strange because I just thought surely you want people that can carry the ball and the counter this is the sort of game it's going to be but you could see with the four you know Salah moved central and and they went under the blocks but Gomez done his chances no harm I mean there was one thing I think I put it in the WhatsApp during the game I just noticed um. Tonali ran away from him, and I was just thinking, Christ, you know, Gomez was so, so fast. I mean, his pace was just explosive. There was no one could get away with him. And seeing someone like Tonali getting away from him, I, I thought <laughs> there was an instance in the second half when, it was, when you know, you can see what he's lost, and that's probably a consequence of the injuries. But he's done himself no harm at all, and... Obviously, it's it's a good at least him and Matip are going into the game at the weekend now with you know a pretty solid sort of R between them and they've come through that. So um, it'll be a very different test on Sunday, obviously. But yeah, I think it's it, it's good it's good that he's coming in rather than just if you know Van Dyke or somebody got injured midweek and we hadn't seen anything when we were starting with the two of them. Um, I think we know now that, you know, the basis is there. They they can do it, and we're going to need them at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, we are going to need them at the weekend. There's going to be a test, but you know, before we get on to that, um, I feel like again, I think Sabozlai is obviously doesn't have the effect on the game that he did last weekend, but. You know, him and McAllister, they are so neat and tidy in the middle of the park. You know, they're good in the press, they're good at a possession. And with a six in there beside them, like an actual six in there beside them, with, without, without McAllister having to do that job. You know, for me, it's disappointing we didn't really get to see it. And I understand Johnny's reservations. I have the same reservations, but I still feel like they're is a plan for these two guys in the middle of the park that we haven't really had a chance to see yet. And I think the two goals, they obviously come from passes through the middle of the pitch, passes between the lines, Trent's pass for, I think it's the second goal up up to Salah is unreal. Um, and we don't necessarily have that width that we used to, but these two guys in the middle of the park, they're the way home in this system. And, you know, the early signs have been really encouraging, I think. Different levels of what we've had recently, yeah? I think you'd agree. 
I'd say a different type of player for a different type of system, if you want. <laughs> and, I was hanging and, and yeah, it up there. I, no, I, yeah, I guess, you know what? You're not wrong, okay? You're not wrong. You know, the guy it, that it's... Is in, replaced Jordan Henderson, he's 22 years old, he's massive, he's physical, he's quick. He's at the complete polar opposite of his career that Henderson was, and that's fine. But we're going to be asking these guys to do something totally different. If we think about what midfielders were in, you know, Klopp's, peak they are workmen like they are there to break up play block block passing lanes and give the ball to the guys that are really good i.e the front three we're asking these two guys to do something totally different that we've seen from liverpool midfielders before but they i i would disagree in respect that they can do all that like they can be disruptive workmen like i've, I've never i'm not seeing someone Press like Sabozlai does for ninety minutes. He he literally crawled off that pitch yesterday. He was he was that done in. Obviously, we were down to ten men for for the majority, but he doesn't stop, and he's so good technically on the ball. So, in one respect, you would say like you know the workman like aspect of our midfield to to win the ball back and give it back to the guys who can do something. Well, he is one of the guys who can do something as well. Like he, he is that good. He can do both sides of it and. You know, it, it's far-fetched to say such a big thing. Like he's a complete midfielder, but he's got all the attributes to be that. Um, yeah, but, but Jay, my point here is is we could have been asking Gini and Alton to do that. We could he, have. We could because have he, had, he, had because he has it in him to do that, but we, we weren't asking, or Klopp wasn't asking him to do that. Now he's asking his midfielders to play a very different role than, than he did two or three years ago, which is why, obviously, these guys are the guys that we've signed and not Maybe oh, a yeah, little yeah, bit more. I, I, yeah, I get, I get where you're coming from, and I, I think what you, what you maybe leaning towards is they just need someone in behind them who can be a bit more physical, a bit more mobile than than what we brought in in in, in the Japanese lad Endo. And with all due respect to him, we were saying before the podcast, I think he is literally a like for like Fabinho where. You know, three or four months ago, before the back end of last season, as we were saying, and you were you were rightly calling it months ago, but Fabinho was on the slide. And if we were rolling into this this season with Fabinho in our squad, then we needed to start at number six, or at least a lad who was going to come in and take that chase and take that place from him over the, you know, the, the length of the season. Because we all know how clock works. He would have probably started with Fabinho had he been in the squad, and. As the season went on, we needed a younger, fresher, you know, more mobile sort of person to, to do that role and, and you know potentially have it long term. And what we've what we've brought in with Endo is basically a like for like, you know, a similar sort of age, similar sort of profile, less miles on the clock, but but does a very sort of similar role. So so we're still lacking in that department. And you just feel as though if we if we had that person there. Whoever it may be, because there's you know there's there's loads of players out there. Everyone can speculate as who they want and who do you think would do the role perfectly. But you know, let, let's just take the name that was on the books a couple of weeks ago, which was Caicedo. How do we got him? You know, a lad who could could do the the hard yards and do the you know all the all the dirty work, as people say. Then it might have released those two lads to do a bit more. But as it is, we are where we are. We. We'll probably sit here on Friday night, 11 o'clock, when the transfer window slams shut, as Sky Sports like to say, and probably all feel like we're being shortchanged unless the club do something drastic. But the lads that we've got, you know, they do bring something else. And 
I, I'm not one to sit there and say like you know it could be so much worse because it could but what we've got right now we, we, we're just going to have to roll with it and you know the, the the story that Klopp's tagging along is you know we we're, we're sort of hands tied sorts of things or the players we want aren't available for the prices we want sorts of thing and we we deal with the squad that we've got whoever you want to blame for that that that's up to you you know we, we could rumble all night for it but we've got something special in these two kids in McAllister and Sabozlai so as long as we keep them fit as long as we keep them available I think you know this season could be relatively successful because they've brought something to us that we've not had for a long time and, and I'm, I'm excited for that yeah, Beryl, I, I think we've expressed our concerns on our openness and the system and, you know, the, the players that we have to do the jobs that need to be done really well playing this way. And, and they're all fair points, but ultimately what I'm looking at is when we're giving up chances, you know, the, the goal in itself is a prime example of this. The the first half hour at Bournemouth or against Bournemouth when, you know, they could be two or three up. I don't necessarily believe it's it's a systemic thing. They're like really glaring, awful individual errors that are giving these teams these chances. And, and I think it makes it difficult to assess how structurally sound the system is when people are doing things like Allison did against Bournemouth and, and Trent did for the goal at the weekend. So I don't know where you are. What, what, side, do you, what side do you fall on here? Is it as simple as cutting the individual errors are out or are there still issues there? I was just, you know, thinking exactly the same. Um, I think for... How many goals did we concede? Three goals in this season. And for two of those goals, I would say uh, an individual error, but uh, Alexander, uh, Alexander Arnold uh, is, uh, is, you know, I think directly at fault for. So, and, and he is probably one of our best players, maybe our best player, I would say. Um, you know, there are a few there. You could say Alisson, um, uh, Salah, and, you know, him up there so yeah and you you wouldn't say he hasn't got the quality etc for for the role that he's supposed to play in this team in this tactics so yeah that is probably something else than um, a systemic problem i would say i think we have a systemic problem on the left um, I, I agree. Uh, also agreed on the fact that uh, I, I didn't think uh, Newcastle were better than us uh, until they uh, we gifted them a goal, uh, and it was again it was Trent uh, who uh, who gifted them a goal. Um, but uh, we struggled with uh, building up, and uh, because they forced us to build up from the left, and um, and yeah, uh, Robbo and I I love him to bits. I love his heart. You know, the, um, the shift he puts in, the mentality is all of it. I love it. But uh, he uh, he doesn't seem to be able to, uh, at this moment at least, fulfill the role that he needs to fulfill at this moment. He doesn't know to what to do with the ball. And uh, he, he lost the ball quite a few times, I would say, uh, very unnecessarily. Uh, and maybe this is still getting to grips with the fact, uh, you know, uh, 
that he needs to play with McAllister now. And uh, Ander was, you know, literally just a, a, a teammate for, has been a, a teammate for a couple of days. So they need to get to grips with each other. But, uh, you know, the, the, the first few games um, don't, uh, fill me, fill me, fill me with uh, with all the uh, you know uh, hope and uh, you know hope. There's always hope, but I I, I didn't uh, you know I didn't get any from from his performances at this point. So that would be systemic, I would say, uh, but also uh, because of the wrong person on the wrong spot. So you know, um, I, it's 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 pretty hard to judge how well this system functions. How open we are, how porous we are, uh, if we have played literally uh, two of the three games that we played uh, with 10 men for large parts of the of, uh, of the games. Uh, I, I felt really sorry for, for Gakpo that, you know, he first he needed to play in, in midfield and he's not a midfielder. And now he, he finally got to his uh, the, the place that he, he got accustomed to last season. And now he needed again to adapt to the fact that we play with 10 men. Yeah, Endo, uh, his first game in the first eleven, he needs to adapt to a, a, a ten-man game in uh, within uh, uh, thirty minutes. So again, uh, very hard to assess what they can do and if they can function in this team, etc. Uh, I would say, if 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 we look at where we are at this moment and uh, I uh, and how much adversity we had, um, you know, we played. Uh, against Chelsea on Stamford Bridge. We played um, away against Newcastle as well. Uh, so the, the only easy game in between, you could say, was, was Bournemouth. Uh, and, you know, I think we came out very, very well. Uh, so there is, uh, I think I am hopeful, but there are things that I'm uh, worried about. Yeah, and that's fair. So. I was, John, I was going to ask you a question about Salah, but I'm not going to now because um, what I'm going to ask you to do is argue against yourself. So I get that you've like massive reservations about, you know, issues with how we're playing. Okay. But, and, and Beryl's right in what he says. He, I think we've, we've all got concerns here. But, you know, looking at it, have we massively exaggerated this in our heads, for example? Because it's we've got Chelsea away and Newcastle away done. First three games of the season, we're sitting in seven points. We're also on, like bizarrely in the Premier League, a 14-game unbeaten run. And, you know... I know you can talk about um, defensive problems, but I think in those 14 games, the only time we've conceded more than one goal was Arsenal. So, yes, I get what you're saying, but do we maybe have to take a step back and look at this and go, actually, what we're seeing with our eyes is maybe something to do with, you know, I don't know, like, post-traumatic stress disorder or something from the way this team has occasionally performed in the past when we've had 45 centre-backs injured at the same time? Possibly. I mean, possibly. I, I, I think there's, you know, maybe there is a bit of truth in that. Maybe the fact that we went within 
um, two games of winning the quadruple um, to then a, a season of disappointment. Um, we, we did end last season pretty well. I think for me, one of the things about the run at the end of last season, I mean, obviously the Arsenal game being an exception, you know, they were they were top of the league when they came down for it and we fought back really well in that game. Um, but but we didn't play. Um, we played a lot of weak teams, uh, and that and, and we did and we did finish, you know, the season pretty 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 strongly. It just it, I still think you know, and I don't think this is I'm thinking this. I, I think it's pretty clear that we are easy to get at, and that our goalkeeper is overworked, and maybe that's okay because he's. Arguably the best keeper ever to have played in that league. I mean, he bailed us out completely yesterday. He bailed us out at, at at Chelsea, um, and maybe it will settle down. Maybe you know we didn't really get to see Endo um, gone from Hendo to Endo, and we, we haven't really got to see what, what he could be like in a functional team when he's when he, when he's up to speed. So maybe there is a little bit of maybe the individual errors. Like Burl does make a good point. It is, you know, the, the the goals we've conceded, you know, the goal of Chelsea was very avoidable. Um, the goal against Bournemouth is, you know, Trent Dilly Dolly's on the ball um, and he's at fault as well yesterday. And you cut those individual errors out. It still just feels that, you know, at times when you watch us, you can just go, you, you can get at the heart of our defence really, really quickly in a way that that just wasn't there when, when a club team was, was, was in its pomp. And, and, and maybe, listen, maybe it'll go the other way. Maybe the individual errors will be cut out. Maybe we'll, we'll start settling down. I am intrigued for this game at the, at the weekend. I think that'll be a really good barometer of where we're at because, well, we don't have Virgil. Hopefully we'll have Kanadi, and I, I don't know what the, the fitness situation for him is. To be honest, I think he was fifty fifty, so you'd like to think he'd be close. But like we've we've said pre-pod, they're a very good team, very well coached team with some really really good players. You know, Watkins is a is a is a really good striker. Um, the Abbeys, um look looked really really threatening for them. They're going to come. They've all they've bags of pace. That's going to be. You know, that'll be a game to see with this midfield structure, um, whether Endo can make that difference, you know, and give us that bit, bit of control. But, no, I, listen, I take the point. I take the point that actually if you look at the, the run of games back in the last season and this, um, it just feels it's a bit helter-skelter. And, and it, again, I don't want to be too down on that yesterday, but we easily could have lost that game. Easily could have yeah, lost Yeah, Johnny, I know what you mean. I think... What like are you saying? Like, I think it's a game. There's a, this, you know, juxtaposition here as well. You say we played a lot of weak teams during that run, but actually, at the start of the season, those were the games that actually put us in that terrible position that we were in. We weren't able to beat the weak teams. Our 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 form against you know the other top five sides was was one of the best. So that was that issue addressed. Um, but again, it's. Do you, it's do you, do you watch us at the minute, Dave? Do you do you watch us and think 
that this system is really suiting the players, getting the best out of them, and that we can conceivably push City. No, I don't think I, we conceivably I, push City. I think what you were trying to say was, and what I also feel is when you watch us, it's like, yes, it might be 14 games unbeaten with like, what, 11 wins or something, but it feels like when you're watching us that we're walking a tightrope. Yeah, definitely does. And it feels like, you know, at any given moment, there's just a, there's a soft centre. You know, there's a soft centre to us. And, and and that's regardless of the quality of opposition. It just feels like, and, and I know things have to settle down now. And we've bought a player. I, I, I still think, I, I just think we really need to invest. I, I mean, I think Burl's touched on it. For me, the individual errors is one thing. And Trent can put get through that. He's shown it before. And he was exceptional at the back end of last season. I think we've got a real problem on our left. I think Robertson is struggling at the minute. He's nowhere near the levels of what he was. When he's at the left centre back position, when we really go with the end, you know, Trent coming in field, he, he seems to struggle. He's just lost a yard of pace. Robertson looks, you know, he looks like he's got a lot of miles on the clock. And maybe I'm being harsh, maybe it's just a run of perform, but I think. That for me is an area of our team. Just that that part of the team massively, you know, need needs work. Um, and I still think at the minute as well, like Salah is listen, he's still a really good player, but he's for me he's at about 60-70% of what he what he was doing uh, in terms of his output for, for goals. But listen, putting putting the positive spin on it. Two tough, two really tough away games on the back of the good run at the end of last season, seven points. I think if we beat Villa at the weekend, convincingly, um, and 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 we and, and we put in a good performance. I mean, what's not to like about that if we've got ten points from twelve with, with the fixtures that we've had? Yeah, but totally. Yeah. I think we're all. I think we're all taking seven points from our first nine, uh, first three games. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know. So we're we're in good nick. Um, nice segue, Johnny. Thanks, Jay Salah. Okay. All right, jo- Johnny's kind of right. You know, I think we it's it's weird. We continue to judge Salah. I think subconsciously, um, on the numbers that he put out in that first season, which is wild because it was like fucking five years ago or something. But I think his ability. To play make now is so underrated and under discussed. Um, the pass for the winner is it's unreal. Nobody's talking about it. The it's messy like, isn't it? It's messy like. It's yeah. honestly, and it's like Jay. You know, it, it's almost like he takes a half step and stabs it to make sure that he gets it away before Darwin runs into an offside position. And it's literally, like, it's not even inch perfect. It's a millimetre perfect. The ball slows just exactly the right time, and all Darwin needs to do is stick it in the tent because it's that far ahead of him as well that I'm looking at that goal and thinking, if Pope probably stays in a six-yard box, that's a much harder chance. But it tempts him out. And that was the second one, was it? No, that was the second one. Yeah, yeah. I think think with that also, like you you referenced Pope there. I think Pope was then in two minds about 
what happened, what, eight minutes earlier or something like that, where Darwin rifles it across goal. So he ever so slightly tries to change the angle. And Darwin, with all due respect to him, he's clever enough to to ever so slightly lift it. Because I think if he goes along the ground, Pope probably saves that one. But as you say, the the pass makes it. The pass makes makes his mind up for Darwin. And, you know, I think we, we all know with Darwin, the ability to put the ball in the back of the net is there, the ability to strike a ball, yeah. and he rifles a ball. He doesn't, very rarely does he place something in terms of, you know, what what people would reference as a finesse finish. This this lad just puts all he can into every shot, and, you know, we, we've seen a few times last year, he, he rattled the, road, uh, the woodwork, he rattled, you know, keep his hands because he was, he was hitting it that hard at them, but he does... He does look a little bit more calm and composed, but as you say, um, I've just pulled up a stat here. Since, since Mo Salah signed for Liverpool 2017 and 2018, 197 goals and assists in the Premier League alone. So he's well over 200, obviously, if you count in the Champions League and domestic cups. And how many but, assists, though? Like maybe I, seven, I haven't got, 70 I haven't or something? I have got the exact exists at hand. But the next player on that list for goals and assists in that time in the Premier League alone is Harry Kane and he's 169. So nearly 30 less, you know what I mean? And and, and Kane's and, the greatest striker to ever play in the Premier League, don't forget. Of course he is. And, you know, he's also, you know, got that unbelievable relationship that nobody else has ever got with the striker that he had with Son Heung-min. You know, so it's, it's crazy what he's doing and... I can see where Johnny's coming from, where he, he looks at 60-70% because, as you said, we're, we're looking for the goals. And has, as he's got ever so, you know, slightly older, not much, in the in the three or four years that we've had him, he's slightly modified his game. Um, and he can be ever so slightly more influential in the creative part where, you know, we've seen him as a ruthless finisher in the first couple of seasons that we had him. I, you know what, Jay? Just to just to come in quickly, and I know I've I've talked already, but just on that, I mean, Dave, you're right. Like he has assumed this playmaker role. I mean, the ball he plays to Diaz. Johnny, I was just going to say that between side that, of this world, between that pass, side of this world, that pass, yeah, that yeah. pass, Johnny, and and the pass for for Nunez, they're the two best passes this season in the Premier League. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say they're, 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 no yeah, one's seeing that. Nobody's yeah. seen that. Like we, we, we lord Trent for his ability on the ball and his creativeness, but you know, where where Trent plays on the pitch, naturally he's right footed on the right hand side. The ball can only be played in so many sorts of directions. Mo Salah cr- creates a totally different angle because he's he's left footed and he's coming in and he's creating chances that, you know, makes it hard for defenders because you know, if, if you're a centre-half, if you've played football and the ball's on the right-hand side of the pitch, the chances are the player is going to be right-footed. It's only going to be approached and whipped in a certain sort of direction. He's completely flipping that on its head. And we've seen, you know, it wasn't him that played the pass for the first goal, but with Sven Botman, that ball that was played ever so slightly towards his body in behind him, he got in the right mess. You know, his feet were all over the place and Darwin's in the way. And then the second goal, Dan Byrne was sort of caught between he was a left-back, he was moved into centre-half because Botman had gone off at this time. Didn't really know where he should have been. 
and before he knew it, Dar was away and the ball was in the back of the net because the angle of the pass, had that been a right-footed player on that position where Mo was playing the pass, the ball would have had to have been curled around and the ball would have then come probably around Darwin's body on his right-hand side and then he would have had to try and strike across the ball and across his body where the only other option would have been the ball to be ever so slightly closer to the defender and then naturally would have been curling in and give the defender the advantage. But because Mo's played it, it's going away from goal into Darwin's stride on his right foot, on his strong side. It just played perfectly into what he was doing. And yeah, all this shit about him going to Saudi and all that, let's just put it in the bin because right now we've got him and he's been so crucial to us for the last four or five years. And Do you know what for me, Jay? Do you know what for me, Jay? Just on the Salah point where I'm talking about 60 or 70%. I think his, his playmaking and his ability to create and his vision and awareness around him is, you know, getting better with age. I, I, I just have this wee frustration with him. And, and listen, he could click into gear, but there's just been times, like, there was, there was um, it's just when he was at his absolute peak, he's still getting into the really good positions, but there was a moment against... Johnny, Bournemouth. can I say, I think what you're going to say here, was it the, was it the, the Bournemouth game? The Bournemouth game, yeah. he, takes, See with the ball? One, he takes a heavy touch. Yeah, he does, do and it's like, and it's like these type of moments. See when Salah, he wouldn't even have thought about that. You know, two seconds later, the ball be in the back of the net. There was another one against Bournemouth who was one on one, and I just think there's, there just seems to be when it comes to the actual ruthlessness of scoring, when he's going through now one on one with a defender, two three years ago, you were just almost like it's a goal. This is a goal. It's Salah one on one with a defender. He's passed him the balls in the corner of the net before you, and he just. His radar seems off. He's not putting the ball in the corner anymore. He's just not. Johnny, doing I think we forget. He, Salah, he has been really always, Salah has always missed sitters in really horrible ways. He, he has. He has always yeah. done that. It, do you yeah. do you think it could just be a? He's ever you know, ever so slightly older and probably maybe a quarter of a yard or half a yard, whatever they say not what he used to be because you know he was he was lightning when he started and I think you know if you if you recorded his top speed when he when we first got him to what he is now he's probably a couple of clicks lower and all this noise that's going on around him like he only he knows what is actually the truth and maybe his agents or whatever but I think you know as Liverpool fans we all speculate and we all hope and pray that you know he's not going anywhere and the chances are he probably isn't this year. Maybe next year, you know, we, we see where the where the land lies, sort of thing. But you know, it's got to be a distraction for anyone. He's a human being at the end of the day. Like all this talk and chatter around him, you know, like people are probably coming into him in the training ground. You know, even the, like the canteen ladies, the cleaners, or whatever. Oh, Mo, are you sticking around? Are you staying or whatever? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's gonna it's gonna play heavy on someone's mind, and even just like it's ticking away in the back. Maybe once the transfer window shuts, we get this stupid international break out the way, and then we settle down, we get into the hustle and bustle. You know, we're, we're back in European football game every three or four days, and we sort of get into that like monotonous sort of roti- rotation of games where you know two or three changes the game, but Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, doing. Tuesday, Sunday, Tuesday, blah blah, or Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday. We know Sorry, yeah, we yeah, know yeah. what we're doing. We've done it yeah. for years, and that's yeah. how we've been successful. Yeah. Maybe then 
you know, maybe then that's where we see the hundred percent salad that Johnny's referring to, you know, the, the ruthless one. But but what he's doing right now is is he's putting things on a plate and we've got the talent at the top end of the field. As much as we think, you know, we're short in other areas, what we've got up there is enough. You know, we've got a, so much variety in our attack and talents that we are going to get chances and we are going to score goals. And we've proved it in the first three games of the season. Okay, we were slightly short against Chelsea, but, you know, as reference, that pass for Diaz in the finish was, was, was stunning. So I wouldn't worry in that aspect. I think once we've got this, you know, couple of weeks out of the way, I think we will see a better Mo Salah. Yeah, and to be honest, I like I couldn't disagree more with Johnny. To be perfectly honest with you, I think he has <laughs> been I, I, honestly like I think he's been absolutely superb, um, and clinical. Not necessarily like has he missed a sitter? I don't know. And you know we, we don't play in a way that like if if Darwin Nunez is playing for. Um, Liverpool win Salah size. He probably fucking scores 45 goals that season. But that's just not the way we play anymore. So Salah's not getting the same opportunities as he did early because we're a different side and other sides approach us differently now. So, yeah, look, let's let's put that debate to bed. Um, last round, let's look at Villa. Beryl, they are, I think, a really impressive outfit. I think, you know, I, I, I don't know whether I said a pre-pod or, or, um, or, or when we're recording, I, I feel they're a better outfit than, Aston, or than Newcastle are. Um, good players, good forwards. Um, they've lost Tyrone Mings, which probably has made them better. Um, and yeah, they get smashed by Newcastle five at the start of the season in the first game, and everybody's going, "Oh, Newcastle! Can they put a, Can they make a title challenge?" I'm like, what the fuck? And people are writing them off, but look, they have a good balanced squad. They've spent a lot of money. Um, they've lost Jack Grealish, so they're not a let's give it to the star team like they were under. I can't remember who he's called, your man. He's not a very good manager. And, yeah, they're really, really dangerous. Um, Dean Smith, by the way. Thanks. Cheers. Yep, him. That's how nondescript his managerial career is. I couldn't even remember his name. As nondescript as his name is. But, Beryl, these guys, they're going to be difficult to break down, I would say. They're going to come to Anfield. They're going to make it hard first. They made it hard first last season. And... Yeah, I think they're a well-balanced side and I think this is going to be a really I think this is nearly going to be a better barometer of where we are this season than than Sunday, certainly given the way the game panned out. Yeah, well, well we, we are going to play a, a, a good team at home and if we manage to play with 11 players, you know, for the whole of the game, I, I would say this would give us a a better idea of uh, you know wh- where we're at, uh, how, how good our players are, how good our um, our second string um, defense is, uh, and and and, and I, I would agree they were they were you know considering the circumstances uh, especially they were excellent uh, against Newcastle. So I was uh, especially um, 
uh, what's the name? Uh, uh, encouraged by by Joe Gomez, you know, he he played uh, again in 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 very difficult circumstances. He, I, I think he played really well. You know, he, he had to cope with uh, the physicality and uh, the mobility of uh, first Isaac, then uh, uh, Wilson, uh, and also you know took some chances because we needed to take risks. Uh, you know, with with the, the build up. Uh, I think he did really well. Uh, Mati was taken off, which was strange because you know he he hadn't played 90 minutes for a for a while, and Kwanza came on, and uh, yeah, first glimpses he made his debut in in very difficult circumstances as well. So maybe they will play. I don't know. Uh, you know, probably then uh, if uh, Konate isn't available, then uh, Mati and Gomez will play again. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really eager to just have a, a a normal game, not not as frantic as um, all of all three of those games were. You know, because playing away against Chelsea and, and Newcastle, but also um, even in the uh, the, the nominally uh, easier game, we had a red card, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and and we started really slowly. So that's the second thing I would really like to see is a not slow start just you know be concentrated because you know i mentioned uh, trent making uh, errors uh, that cost us goals and it, it it just looks like he's not concentrated uh, at those moments and and at other moments he's you know uh, so up for it uh, you know his his roar for getting uh, uh, you know deep into uh, stoppage time when we're two one up Getting a, a, um, a throw in uh, and 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 celebrating it like it you know was something you know like a goal or even um, it's it's it doesn't add up to me so I don't know what it is if he isn't concentrated at those moments and if he's thinking too far ahead or whatever or or there are other things playing in his mind that uh, you know and we're all humans. And just like Jay just said, you know, there, there could be all sorts of things that we had, don't uh, know about, or we're not aware of. But yeah, um, Aston Villa should be a good game. They have lots of pace up front, so uh, our defense will be tested by, you know, I'm I'm really hopeful, I, I have to say. So uh, again, if we manage to, to, to play with all 11 this time, uh, I'm, I'm massively encouraged by McAllister and Soboslai. I hope to see... Uh, uh, Endo and maybe even Bajetic for uh, for a while um, because uh, he, he scored against them uh, away uh, last season. Um, let's go! I, I'm you know I just want to see a, a normal football game and not get wound up but shit referees etc. Et just let us play and let the best team win and you know that's us uh, obviously. Yeah, Tony, it has been difficult to, to assess us so far um, given you know Chelsea was weird because they're weird and we're were weird at the time number of debuts etc etc the Bournemouth game obviously were mental for like the first 20 minutes and then obviously there's a red card as well and obviously what happens on, on, on Sunday you know I, I think Beryl makes a point and it's something I would agree with I would, I would like to see us with Again, we're not going to get it because Van Dijk isn't going to be playing. But I would like to be able to see us in in earnest, if you will, um, 
playing the way that we want to play in the system we want to play with you know out the daftness and the madness that we've seen um at the back from a, a number of different players and just go out and play you know a competent consummate game of football and be able to kind of see with their own eyes what this system can really bring with particularly those two new guys in the middle of the park yeah 100 percent. i mean i'd i i would just love a 2-0 i would just love a 2-0 where we control the game and yeah we don't totally. we don't we don't self-sabotage <laughs> and we and we don't go a goal down because of brain farts over playing at yeah. the back. Do you, know, do you remember that do you remember that best the, the do you remember the, the the stats when we were at our best it was like we always just scored in the last 15 minutes halves yes because yeah so we because we just ground them down and mentally physically we we worked them until the opportunities created themselves and we were really fucking clinical so yeah like one nil after like thirty seven and two nil after like seventy six will do me absolutely lovely. Yeah, hundred percent. That's and I mean that's Villa. Villa are a very good side. They've bought really well. I think Emery's really shown the gap between somebody who was winging it a wee bit <laughs> and our legendary <laughs> former captain Stevie Stevie G um, and an actual elite manager. I mean, they're 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 very good. They've bought very well. Um, you could probably make that same comparison, and no disrespect to him, but like I think there is a significant gap between him and Eddie Howe, for example. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'd, I'd agree with that. Although you know there, we've we've been going after Newcastle a wee bit here. I mean, and I understand some of them, but but Howe has also done a good job with some players there as well, like Almiron, Joe Linton. You know he's 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 done well, but but I but I take a point. I mean Emery's stock. I mean look at his record in Europe. Look at his record in the Europa League, which isn't an easy um, competition. So he's a serious manager, and they've bought they've bought really well. They're very well coached. They they've got pace. They've got good players. But it has to be said as well. I mean, and 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 I'll keep saying this. You know, I put our eleven up against anybody in that league, and there aren't many players. And that Villa team, like getting near our first eleven, that's just the way of it. They're 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 good. They're 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 good. They're very good. They've, they've bought well. I think it's a good. This this is a good barometer for us because I think if we're really at it and we're a hundred percent focused and we cut out the stu- stupidness, the stupidity and the mistakes, we should be beating Villa by a couple of goals. Um. I would just like a controlled performance just to settle us down. I'd really like a clean sheet. Um, I think fourth game of the season, um, we need to be getting a clean sheet. <laughs> you know, if we're going four games without a clean sheet, um, that's that, that's a bit worrying. And it just leaves you with that bit extra to do. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a really, I think it'll be a really good game, but the crowd should be bang up for it after, after, after yesterday. And you know we've got a chance to be ten points from twelve, which is you know you take that to start any season, especially when you've been to Chelsea and Newcastle. Yeah, Jay, I don't know. Was Sunday was Sunday a moment? Was it one of those moments that just kicks a team on, galvanizes them, 
gives them that extra incentive um, and that platform to go on and win maybe, say maybe get an extra 10 or 12 points throughout the season that they've no right to get through sheer, you know, arrogance, the way Ferguson's Man United sides always did. Because, you know, the you know the scenes at the end, even the scenes off the bench at the end, you know, I, I saw clips of <laughs> Luis Diaz going absolutely mental when, when, when Nunez fired the winner home. And, you know, it looks to me like this could be, we always go back and reference that, you know, that wasn't the West You're going to say the quotes of... That's a performance of what wins titles or champions. Now I know we're only three games in, and I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I know where you're getting from. Like, but yeah, I think the, the that mentality that, to win that, that fellow one, you know, will be scored two goals. It's similar. Man and Robertson. Yeah, exactly. Something similar. Now I'm not saying that that's going to kick us on to win the title like we felt like it was going to do that year, but I feel like yes, that could be something that says. We we are at least the second best team in this league, and now we're going to go out and show it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm totally on board with that. Like, I can't remember. I, I apologise to which one of the lads said earlier on. Like, you know, they had a good start against Villa, five one, and then you know they, they probably all thought, yeah, we're, we're you know we're up with for this league, and they've played the two best teams that have graced this league in the past five, six, seven years or something like that in City and Liverpool. And they've had their eye wiped, you know what I mean? They went to they went to City and couldn't really lay a glove on them. And they played us at home. Everything went in their favour. And their their naivety at this level uh, was shown and exposed. And, you know, we were ruthless enough to when we got the opportunities presented to us, take it and kill the game. But yeah, it could be a huge boost for well, first of all, Darwin Nunes to to his Liverpool career, I think, you know, that's the sort of moments where you announce yourself as as a player. Now, you know, he had moments last season. You know, he's he's had a decent return for, for the amount of minutes played, but he will probably feel ever so slightly hard done by given his, his performances in pre-season. But Klopp always does this at the start of the season. He'll go with 12 to 14 players and basically stick with them for the first half a dozen games to get them through. And... Once the once the hustle and bustle, as we mentioned before, of European football kicks in, and he said it himself, I think yesterday in one of his you know post match press conferences, where Darwin will get his games. You know, European football is coming soon. We'll have to rotate. We'll have to have changes, and Darwin will play. And we we know that lad has got something there. It's just tapping into it, and that could have been literally the moment yesterday where he's tapped into his own sort of inner self and far like right this is this is me now this is where I'm at and again for us as a team the the mentality for as Biddle said to, to play a game with 10 men it would be lovely if we could last one with 11 um to just hold on and, and keep ourselves in the in the game competitively we didn't give them much but up until the point of when Darwin come on we didn't really create much we had one or two openings when Jota come on and we we, we created half chances as such but it was basically just, you know what, fuck it. Let's just throw this lad on. We know he's a bit of a chaotic person. Let's just let's just go for Captain Chaos and see what comes of it. And to get out of there with what we did, given all the adversity, yeah, it, it could be massive. And 
going into this weekend at home, I think it's two o'clock on a Sunday, the, the crowd will be up for it because, you know, 95% of games at home, usually the crowd are up for it unless it's like your house 12 at home to Luton or something on a Saturday when no one can be asked. But, you know, Emery brings a decent team. I, I genuinely think if we get through that and we get through the first four games of the season with 10 points, that's probably beyond the expectations of a lot of people because it's what you would have hoped for, but realistically you probably would have thought if we can get two two home wins and a couple of draws on the road, that would have been a great return. But, you know, the potential to sit here with 10 points from 12 would be massive. And if we can do that, it will really, you know, be, be a moment to kick kick kickstart our season on for the for the rest of it. And yeah, we we've touched on it many a times. I think once the, the European football comes in, I think we'll be absolutely fine because that that sets us apart from the you know the Brightons and the Newcastles who aren't used to that regular routine where you know that the, the, they're doing well at the moment. It's okay, Brighton slipped at the weekend, but they're not used to playing every three or four days where we are and we. We know what to do, and I think we'll be fine in the rest of the season coming along. As long as you know we, we stick to a, a decent plan, even though we know we're probably going to be short in areas, if we can just keep that attacking end of the pitch fresh, fresh, fresh and fit. Sorry, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, Beryl, just to, to finish up with you, that there's one thing that I I did mean to touch on, and it went totally in my head, and I just remembered it. So, um. <sighs> Klopp has often been ridiculed for his use of, of players from the bench, but I think at the weekend, that's where the game's won and lost. I think Eddie Howe's changes are mental. He brings those three guys off on 70 minutes. It's Tenale, Isaac and, and Botman, isn't it? Is that right? Or... Can't remember. Botman, Botman. Ed, Ed Gordon. Gordon, he took Gordon, sorry, Gordon off as well. First day, Botman comes off after the equaliser. Yeah, that's right. And we... Yeah, Botman, Botman was injured, wasn't he? Yeah, he comes he, off like 80-something or other. But yeah, Klopp does Elliot and Jota. And then he does Nunez. And actually, before the goal... Elliot plays a pass that basically puts Nunez away. And the, unlike him, his, his first touch is actually too good. He drops it at his foot rather than getting it ahead of him. But that's that's what made the difference at the weekend. Klopp absolutely nailed the subs. And Jota, I think, has a massive impact when he came on. But obviously Nunez, you know, he just looked, you know, just lethal. And you knew when he was... I had that feeling when he scored that second goal, like I did with Jota through at Spurs. It was just like he's burying that. Yeah, you know Darwin was up for it, but uh, yeah, for, for, first of all, um, Elliot and uh, and Jota already made a difference. We 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 changed our. Uh, I think you know. Uh, sorry to not finish that sentence, but um, uh, you know we, we refrained from. Uh, from uh, you know talking about the referee, but uh, um, I, I think uh, McAllister was caught by Joel Linton, who should have had at least three yellow cards, but uh, managed to escape with without any. Um, he went through him, and he he I think he planted his studs right onto his Achilles, and after that moment, I think McAllister wasn't uh, entirely fit anymore, and um, 
he isn't the 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 quickest, but that was the moment. Uh, um, uh, you know, the the moment that uh, uh, what's his name? Um, their their uh, right winger. Um, I forgot his name right now, but you know the Paraguayan guy, uh, Almiron. Almiron, that's the one. Um, when it, when he hit the the bar, I think, um, or the post, um, I think that was the moment that the club also realized that you know McAllister's legs were gone. Um, but that meant that uh, uh, Elliot needed to play because uh, uh, you know we we were with ten men needed to play in a, in a, in a you know more defensive midfield position. But uh, you know I think he did really well. That pass was uh, was excellent. Uh, you know, in another day, that would have been uh, the, the equalizer. Um, and, and Jota, you know, did did everything that Jota does when he is when he plays well. He, you know, all the industry, all the threat, um, the the graft, but also getting the fouls. Yeah, I, they, you know, um, Klopp got the got the subs r- uh, right, but uh, those players. Um, did it, you know, uh, a, a sub is always a, a bit of a gamble. You, you try to change things um, sometimes just by getting in fresher legs, but also sometimes you want to do some do something else. And in this case, it was to try something else, just give uh, give everything in the last 15 minutes to, to get the equalizer. And we got even more. But uh, yeah, uh, Klopp got it right, but those players did it. And uh, I, I think... Uh, all three of them, but also, you know, Gomez um, and Kwanza. Well, we talked about all of these players. Uh, they all uh, gave it their all, and I think they did really well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy that I got the chance to to give compliments to to uh, to Elliot and uh, and Jota as well as uh, you know, oh, obviously Darwin. Um, yeah, I, I think this sh- shows. That we have uh, more depth than than than, uh, than we uh, than we feared maybe, and you know it also will give the energy. I I, I would uh, suppose, um, you know, if 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 you win in this difficult circumstances, then you don't want to lose uh, at home uh, with eleven uh, men. So yeah, I, I think this will galvanize uh, them also. But yeah, uh, the subs were you know absolutely spot on. Yeah, agreed. All right, lads, thanks for joining me. That was just, yeah, I just had a lovely time. Had a lovely time. So until next time, folks, um, up that we don't cut people's heads off reds.